The following episode contains strong language, violence, sexual humor, and use of alcohol and drugs. Previously on Masks and Mayhem. Oh, that's not good. That's not good. All right, look, I look, I, 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 I hate to worry everyone, but I, I do not have eyes in the laser hunt right now. I have eyes everywhere. Well, it would have to be making guess it is something going on in the underground. There you will meet a child named Mosey. He is the one you seek. A child? I understand how outrageous this sounds, but Atlas can assure you that there is no man, woman, nor child that understands the underground, as well as young Mosey. Yeah. Mosey Buzzov, pleasure to meet ya. I'm the machinist's daughter, and I'm assuming that you're here for Brock. And as you pull her out, you actually see a lot of shrapnel has entered her body. Oh, god damn it. Like father, like daughter. <sighs> so hard to breathe in that bucket thing. Ruby? Yeah, who the else do you think would come and find you? Also, I fed your dogs. And yeah, uh, a lanky, blonde-haired 14-year-old makes his way in, and he sees you, Laser Hawk, and he goes, Dad? And in a way that none of you have ever seen, Brock smiles. Hey, buddy. Will my wife's moving the last of her shit tomorrow? Can you guys help me with that, since I'm here? Sure. And suddenly forms into Yarkaven the king. Yardek, good work with the French ambassador. Good, so you've gotten word back from what happened in France? Uh, so things are going well there? Yes, it appears the French will be allowing us to build an embassy. Uh, all right, let's jump into doing some character warm-ups. Brandon, let's roll 2 d 10 39. I'm going to give this one to Yardak. Yes. What would your traveling companion say is your most annoying habit? Ooh. Okay, when you say traveling companion, do you mean like Ruby and Laserhawk or like Atlanteans or Slash Fish? Uh, I'm going to say that we're talking about Ruby and Laserhawk, and I guess technically the Crafter and Pam, you know, people that you frequently collaborate with. Okay, you said what they, What do they think would be, like, my worst trait is? Yeah, what is your most annoying habit? Being serious in times when I'm 
not supposed to be serious and then being like glib about things that I shouldn't be being glib about because I'm not like in it. Oh, fucking absolutely. That is <laughs> that is accurate. <laughs> you're like you're like a petty girl at the club when when it's supposed to be like a serious moment. And then, like, the most uh, serious person at the fun times. So, uh, as a quick side note, uh, in a joke campaign that I ran, I once had a player who, uh, one of his big character traits was that for some reason he was super suspicious of the plant that was in the office. That is Yardak, but serious. (laughs) I mean, every time it's like, ah, it's all connected. (laughs) <laughs> I'm absolutely Charlie from It's Always Sunny in front of the fucking the, the web map, like, ah! That is absolutely me. The only difference is my player was right. <laughs> You'll be surprised. I'm gonna be right. And then you, I'm gonna say I fucking told you. Broken clock is right twice a day, right? Damn right. Uh, let's do another one. 84. Laserhawk. What does your character want to be remembered by? <sighs> You know, that's something I actually haven't really thought about. I guess... If I can just be remembered in a way where the positives outweigh the negatives, I'll take that as a win. Alright. Let's roll another one. Last but not least... 26. Alright, I feel like this is a little unfair, but Ruby, what are three non-adventuring jobs that your character might find interesting? Well, fuck off. <laughs> That's such a gimme. Okay. Uh, filmmaking, of course. Um, I also, since I'm um, very into story in general, I think I would be like a good author. I'm trying to think of something that's not super obvious. <laughs> like, I think I've discovered uh, doing my superhero work that I'm pretty good. Like, I might be like a good therapist. I feel like I... Uh, reach out to the villains we were speaking to a lot. I try to, you know, see it from all sides, try to reach out to people before, you know, just beating them to a bloody pulp. I just think it's important that you know that a lot of my characters can't be reasoned with because you can't logic someone out of a situation they didn't logic themselves into. Arguing with me about anything. That's fair, but I was able to save Ulrich, so. I was going to say, that's the mistake I made. I let you do one too early and that gave a false precedent. Look, bud, last adventure, I was just trying to make sure that my sperm count wasn't forever altered. Oh, man, I can't believe that robot just kept kicking you in the dick. You already got one. Yeah, and I'm kind of shit in the bed here. I'd like a redo at some point, Yardak. Damn. You think that your kid's a lost cause already? Wow. No, I think that I just was a terrible parent. So you want to do it again to another child? Yeah, I'm starting to figure my shit out. Well, wait, 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 May- Dan, may- maybe our thoughts on, on human existence are coming out a little too much. <laughs> yeah, God, fuck, just a blight, honestly. I just want one kid to have good memories of me. Oh, this kid has good memories, they're just a long time ago. Fucking stop it. <laughs> Previously, on Masks and Mayhem. Ruby, tell me a little bit about how you've been doing lately. What's the name of my therapist again? Dr. Bellum. I, I think I've been doing well. I, I I think I told you that I had a, a quick 
trip to Highland City. It was interesting to get different perspective on the world. Hmm. I see, I see. And and it was a successful trip? Yeah. A, a friend was having some trouble out there, and I, I went to help him out and able to get him out of the trouble. All good. Okay. And I believe you also mentioned, is this the same friend who has some family moving to Riverside? Yeah, I think it'll be really good for him. He's uh, He's got a kid, and I, I think it'll be good for both of them to be closer to each other. I'd like us to, to venture into a topic that we've touched on a little bit, but you've always seem a little avoidant. I try not to push you too much, but I'd like to talk a little more in depth. Uh, your friend, or you said not friend anymore, I believe Sloan was his name? So, Sloan is someone who I guess, I think it would be more accurate to say I thought he was a friend than he actually was. He ended up betraying my group of friends in a way that got someone seriously injured. Uh, uh, before I tell you this, uh, Sloan is, uh, is in jail. I see. For this. Uh, one friend was about to uncover what Sloan had done, and he shot them in front of me. Oh, goodness. That would, I say, would be effectively, I suppose, what our friendship ended seems not dramatic enough of a word. Honestly, imploded. He also was, like I said, Austin had amnesia and we all thought he was dead and uh, he knew about Austin not being dead before any of us and he kept that to himself. I see. That's... I can understand a little bit why you've been hesitant to talk about such a such an ordeal, though I, I'm glad you were ready to reveal that. I feel as though that is definitely a subject when you're comfortable and ready that we may want to talk about a bit more because I would definitely say that that based on the timeline of events that I've taken together, I feel as though this is not too long before uh, we may have started meeting. No, not not terribly long. I would say the events of that day were part of the reason that I thought maybe therapy would be a good idea. Um, have you seen Sloane since he's been apprehended? No, I saw him more that day, but since he was taken into custody, I, I haven't seen him. I think more so than other betrayals, I had invited him into our my friend group. I had taken him to like a space cadet convention, which is... The highest level of betrayal. <laughs> Look, honestly, though. <laughs> and it... It just seems so bizarre that he could betray us in that way. We went from space cadet to space regret. <laughs> of course, when someone uh, betrays your trust, it, it throws the, your whole world off balance. I, well, we'll definitely talk more on this, but I think that is going to be the end of our session for today. Oh, hey, uh, thank you again, Dr. Bell. Of course, of course. Um, I will... Uh, I will be in touch to set up the next session, unless uh, you, if you wanted to just be another two weeks from now, just uh, shoot me an email. Okay. And it is a cool October day in Riverside. So jealous of Riverside. What is everybody up to? How much time has it been since um, the Highwind episode, like, endgame? Been about two months. Oktoberfest. Get the gang together for some brewskis. 
Doesn't this group do that enough? Yeah! We need to do it more. Hey, hey, less judgy, more drinky. Look, Oktoberfest would be fun. Oh my god, for Oktoberfest, I'm calling it the Laser Hosen. The Laser Hosen! Ruby's from Texas, so there's a huge German population in Texas, and Oktoberfest is very popular. Would make sense if she'd be into it. You don't have to justify your alcoholism to me. <laughs> Brandon, tell me a little bit about, about Laserhawk. What's Laserhawk been up to these past months since, uh, since the incident in Highwind? I mean, the last two months, my kid's back, and I'm trying to spend every possible moment I can with my boy. If I'm not doing defendy stuff or taking care of the dogs or something, I'm trying to spend time with my kid. Has anybody else met? Uh, I mean, I guess obviously they met during the move. Have uh, they? Has Carl or Beverly gotten to really know uh, Ruby or Yardak? Bev and I are great friends. That's fine. That can be canon. I was about to open that up to you guys. Like, how free have you been? I think I've may- maybe met them once or twice. I mean, I assume I've been working too. So, um, yeah. Every now and again, we invite Ruby over for Wine Girl Wednesday. <laughs> Okay, Laserhawk being from Highwind, now living in Riverside, you've got your family with you now. Since this is also our upgrade episode, talk a little bit about some changes that came to your character sheet. Most of it was skills. I just imagine that Laserhawk's always trying to better himself uh, when it comes to anything that can help him with crime fighting. And although I didn't get my two extra arms... I inhaled enough funny chemicals for me to be able to jump significantly farther now. Yeah, between training and your experience with uh, fighting Decay a few months back, uh, you find that I think I think it's uh, you've doubled, uh, more than doubled your jumping capacity now with the Pulsar Pogo. I can jump a fucking mile in a single bound. Jesus Christ! No laser hawk. <laughs> I understand you mixing us up, though. It's the hair. Daniel, tell me a little bit about uh, who Yardek is, what uh, he's been up to recently, and changes to your character sheet. So, without giving too much away, I wanted to dip into some of the more mystical arts side of Atlantean magic. After seeing what Yardane could do at the dam and getting a glimpse at the ancient Atlantean tablet on the ship when we rescued Brigand, I wanted to do some digging and found a couple of fun new tricks to bring to the party. Okay, and what have you been up to in the immediate... Other than befriending my ex-wife. Other than befriending Bev and having some wine, things have been kind of quiet since we've gotten back from Highwind City. So while I've been doing the patrol here and there... uh, I've had more time to myself recently, which is what has led me to be able to go to and from Atlantis pretty much at my own leisure for the past couple months. Uh, Other than going back and forth between Atlantis and here to see Ulebrin for some training and keeping in touch with my friends and Yardamo, of course, uh, it's just been more of a relaxing few months. Just kind of some me time and trying to better myself Yardak style. Rachel, tell me a little bit about who Ruby is and what she's been up to and your character sheet changes. Ruby is, well, a filmmaking student at this point, if not super accurate. She's full on working in filmmaking now. 
She had a pretty successful indie film that came out last year called The Black Cat, and recently she's been working on the set of the new Space Cadet show, which is her favorite franchise, and not in any way Star Trek. On the superheroing side, I think spending some time in Highwind has made her realize I need to do a little bit more practical training, so she's actually been training with Laserhawk. Specifically, um, uh, she's gotten a lot stealthier, much sneakier, and she's also gotten a lot better with fighting. She was a little worried. There were a couple of times where a fight started and it was really hard for her to have enough time to make a weapon, so she wants to be able to get a couple punches if that's necessary. She's also discovered some cool new things uh, that she can create, but uh, perhaps we should keep that a little under wraps to not give away too many things. We'll have some opportunities, I think, for, for the secret skills that y'all have gathered. I've also been upgrading the laser van. The what? Laser van? Not the laser van. I tried to, like, combine to- I mean, I'm fine with that, but- <laughs> We've also been working on updating the visual van. Yeah, I believe you've gotten some assistance on that from a few different fronts. Yes, I believe Frank was helping a little bit, and also I've gotten some help from Kit. If if need be, he can come in and check in, such as he does at the Laser Hut. However, usually he checks in and I'm listening to a nerdy podcast, so I'm guessing he doesn't check in that often. More of an intercom system, if anything. That's what you think. I actually love the podcast that you listen to. Hey, 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 <laughs> You had your chance. Should I also talk about my new dicks? I totally forgot. Uh, yeah, actually, that's a good point. That's something we did skip over. Piggybacking off of upgrading things that aren't ourselves, I have taken it upon myself to swim on further in and set up shop in the, what do we, let's kind of, like, the bank? Like, goes up to the sewer? Uh yeah, I would say I think I think the area we described was like uh the uh, basically the banks of the north end. Yeah, so now I'm on the north end, uh like up in the banks along uh kind of the wall there and and now have my way into the sewer system, to which then gives me underbelly access to the laser hut. Should laser hawk let me in when I knock? I think that I can do that on occasion. I'm sorry. Your new rock connects to the sewer system. I imagine that, so, so the rock has always been, like, man-made, like, or Atlantean-made, I suppose, in this case, and it was really, like, an artificial cave, and essentially that has just been now moved and installed into the side of the, of Riverside City's system, and basically, with the tunnels they built, we're able to just connect it with, uh, with the sewer system, so. This beaver built a new dam. <laughs> I say, essentially, now he can exit directly into the sea, or, you know, into the sewer system as needed. Mm-hmm. And I can be much more covert. Ooh. So you also worked on your stealthiness. Kind of, without actually being stealthy. <laughs> In a sense. Worked on your options for getting about the city, really. And making yourself a little closer to the action where everyone else is usually at. Let's dive in. I want to do a couple little vignettes of what people have been up to. Gonna dive in. Yeah. I think there was a situation that Brock and Ruby had to deal with uh, in the intervening months. You know, maybe we're doing a little... A little, little digging about the resurgence of the Blue Cross Gang. Those cocksuckers. Yeah, so you're both, I'd say, near a, near a bar, not Jack's Pub, but a bar that you kn- Blue Cross members are known to frequent, you know, kind of in their quote-unquote territory. It's called the Scally Wag. Two words. It is called the Scally Wag. <laughs> yes. And it's just a dog that's very wet. 
That's that's the that's the symbol. That's the sign on the door. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna imagine that if we're in a bar, that I've also made Laser Hawk and I like hoodies or like bandanas to like blend in. If we're doing some covert thing. If you're heading into the bar, are you in your superhero outfits then, or are you kind of incognito? I mean, isn't my superhero outfit already pretty incognito? A little bit, yeah. I would say, no, I'm probably, like, in the dress I usually wear, but I don't have the mask on, because I don't want it to be obvious. So you walk into this bar, a bunch of, a lot of rough-and-tumble folks uh, around here. A lot of a lot of barbed wire tattoos. Specifically Pamela Anderson. Yeah, a lot of regretful tattoos. Keep your wits about you, kid. We might hear a limp biscuit in here. A lot of blue bandanas going around. Haha, I figured out a new way to show off the new, like the new crate thing. Yeah, that's what I also thought this would be an opportunity for. I was trying to blend in, and I grabbed like a beer like stein, and then noticed that it's actually empty. Darn it! And I end up thinking really hard about beer, and somehow I make beer. <gasps> Ooh. <laughs> And a snarly-looking bartender walks up to you and goes, All right, you all look new here. Howdy ho, Namorino. Let me get a double jack. All right, and for you? Oh, never mind, it looks like you got something. Sorry, I didn't remember serving you earlier. Yeah, it's a busy night, bud. Nah, someone else grabbed the round that I was in. Don't worry about it. Roll deception. Jesus Christ, Ruby, I had that. I fucking had that. (laughs) This is coming up next lesson. Look, I'll be fine. I rolled a 13, and I have a 10 in deception. So, 23 overall. And I did do that math in my head, which I need to be proud of me. Bartender kind of goes, okay, yeah. Goes to get Laser Ox drink. Did you just make that beer by yourself? I think so. I can't tell if it's actually beer. I don't know. And I take a drink, and I go, it's beer. I need you to think really hard. About a fat fucking joint. My back is killing me today. <laughs> I have a question. I know, I know exactly what question's coming, but continue. Is Weasley Cliff Riverside? Absolutely. Riverside is a wonderful place that everyone would like to live, minus the occasional uh, superpowered terrorist attack. You know, we'll take that for a week. So please, make me a doink. I, uh, I hold out and I, uh, make... Some version of weed? I don't know. A joint? Should I make a joint? (gasps) I'm too square for this? Uh, yeah, yeah, you're gonna end up- Because you don't know enough about weed, you end up making really shitty weed. You know what's actually funny? Could I- Like, I try to make weed, but I was like, I don't actually know that much about weed, and I think I actually- I was like, I think I made something super medical, but it should help you back. Super medical's really fucking good, I'll take that, thank you. Oh man, a medicinal marijuana company's gonna capture Ruby. Anyways, uh, Ruby can now make very small or, like, very not complex organic things. So the bartender walks away, and you see these Blue Cross guys. They're a little sloshed. It's fine. I'm looking to catch up with them. So yeah, what are you doing? I guess keeping an eye on those fuckers to see if I could get a good reason to beat them up. Yeah, you see three of them. There's, like, pay their tab, throw down a couple bucks for for a tip, and they uh, make their way out the side door towards the alleyway where most folks go to smoke. Three that just went out, and there's like two guys just chilling in the corner there now. Can I roll a perception to see if I can catch anything from the two guys chilling in the corner? What are you trying to capture from them? I mean, just trying to listen into their conversation. Like, these are two Blue Cross guys, right? Right, right, exactly. Yeah, I'm trying to listen in to see if they're talking about committing any felonious action. 
Okay. Felonious. Felonious. That's my $7 word of the day. Ooh la la. And what about Ruby? Are you doing anything? I think I'm also just trying to see what everyone, like, what everyone's up to. Because I imagine this is sort of a teaching moment right now between Brock and Ruby. Yeah, I was about to say a uh, slight retcon to that. Uh, while I'm trying to listen to those guys, I'm going to lean over to Ruby. See if you can't lean up against the door to the alleyway over there and see if you can hear what those other three chuckle fucks are talking about. Okay. Good opportunity for you to test that stealthy shit that I've been teaching you. Remember, you have to be the shadows. <laughs> this bar is fairly, like, dark. A lot of low lighting, except for at the bar itself and a few of the tables. Even some of the tables have, like, you know, fizzled out lights. It's not a very nice location. Uh, Ruby goes to the door, and I think I'm doing- can I roll a perception back to see if I can hear the people in the alley? Uh, yeah, roll stealth and perception. And, uh, should I roll perception after that? Yeah. Uh, oh, I did not. Oh, but I just put a bunch of in stealth, so this should be okay. Please. Tw- uh, unnatural 20. Oh, thank god. Okay, so unnatural 20 for stealth, and for perception? 16. 16 in your perception? Alright, and, uh, Laserhawk, roll perception. Yep. 22. Ruby, no one seems to take notice to you. They're just smoking a little bit. One of them says, we gotta just start pressing in a little harder in on, you know, the other gangs. Let them know that, you know, we might be, we might have taken a few licks, but we're not out. You know, we got some, some new, new guys helping out. I think it's gonna be, it's gonna be good for us. And the other two just kind of nod along. Meanwhile, Laserhawk, the two that you're listening to are, are kind of going back and forth, just talking shit. Like, they're talking about women that they know, and they're talking about, you know, they got more, they got some rent to pay, and, uh, you know, a little, there's a little bit about, like, some gun dealing at one point, and then one of them says, you know, what about those, uh, you know, those new guys? Are they going to be able to get us the supplies we asked for? You know, I'm done with this slam pack shit. Listening intensifies. Can we say that for flavor tax reasons, this is the moment where I finally get my whiskey and I immediately pound it when I hear gun deal? The bartender sees you do that and he kind of just gives you a bit of a look like, okay, whatever. Hell of a day at work. Yeah, I'll bring you another. Appreciate you, boss. You're getting tipped well tonight. Don't, don't, don't tell anybody you got tipping money. I don't think you'll, get, you'll be allowed to get out of here. Ah, uh, don't worry, bud. I can take care of myself. The other guy who's talking in the corner is like, yeah, yeah, I heard, uh, Heard some things are going to conveniently fall off a truck that was heading out of town. Oh, that's funny, because you're about to conveniently fall on the floor. He mumbles to himself. Let's say this is about a month ago from, from October, and I think at the same night, the reason that Yardak is not there, you are joining for his first ever appearance on land, the King Yarkaven. Oh, bitch! I'm fucking missing this so I can listen to some dickheads talk about how they can't pay rent? God damn it! <laughs> the king and his subjects. I'm just saying, I'm single. If she's got a daughter, I can become royalty. All I have to do is make a good first impression. Never mind, it's best that I'm not there. Yeah. The king does not have a daughter. The king has a son. You're Kaelin. Ah, shit, he's already gayed up. No, he's never confirmed his sexuality one way or the other. Yeah, we have never established your Kaelin's sexuality. Oh, wait, no, that's not the one. Yardama is my slam piece. They all start with Yar. Fuck off. Yeah, that's their thing. Uh, so basically, but joining the king is Yar- his son, Yarkalen, and 
Yardax Paramour, Yaradamo. Got my best friend and my boyfriend. Okay. The squad is rolling up on a UN event. Staying Alive is playing in the radio. Wearing our Atlantean regalia. Yeah, I imagine that they are dressed to the nines. No, dressed to the sevens. Seas. Fuck you. <laughs> wow. Your Kalen, uh, just as he did before, is very much basking in the limelight of, uh, of all the cameras and the press. Yaradamo is very much, like, steely-gazed, looking at the crowd for any threats. However, as Yaradamo notices that all of the eyes are really on the king and on the prince, he holds your hand, Yardak. Aww, how cute. Uh, so yeah, you are with the king and the prince and your, and your lover slash their bodyguard, and you're holding hands. Oh man, this sounds like a lifetime movie waiting to happen. Tell me a bit about what's going on. All four of us are at a UN event, and we are there. We are going to be meeting Raina Morris. We are attempting to convince Yar Kalen to extend not just myself, but himself and the rest of the Atlantean court to the UN for more open communications between the UN and Atlantis and see if, while we do have a positive but still strained relationship if we can't m- make some bridges instead of burning them. Raina comes up to you and she goes, Yadak, it is so wonderful to see you. Uh, it's been too long, Raina. How are you? I'm doing well. Have you thought at all about our discussions regarding perhaps uh, uh, an embassy or uh, travel uh, tr- tourism to Atlantis? I think it would depend on how the trip goes and then figuring out a way to have anybody get there. I mean, because, you know, 10,000 leagues under the sea. It's going to be a little difficult, but if the king likes what he hears today, I feel like he would be much more apt to make that happen. I love how Yardak said an official meeting and Brock's getting drunk at a bar listening to some gangbangers talking about getting some sloppy toppy. I'd much rather be at the bar. <laughs> I'd much rather be where you are. The bar is very much my speed. These guys are extremely chauvinistic. I'm uncomfortable. Oh, see, I just get drunk and louder than them. I understand entirely. I have been in discussions with uh, the team behind the, uh, you may remember this, the Kraken Submersible Unit, and they have made extreme strides in the last few years. They believe that were they uh, rightfully given and, and kept secret the location of Atlantis, they would consider starting off with something simple, like a, like a pass-by, who's viewing it from a distance. King's right there, the fuck you talking to me for? Yeah, but I mean, like, I'm the ambassador, and he still isn't, like... She knows him. He doesn't know these people. In a perfect world, yes, that would be lovely, but, um, while it is um, more to the extreme end, I do understand the King's recalcitrance to bringing anybody even remotely close to Atlantis. I do hope that we can reach some sort of compromise while we're here on land, because... I really do want all of these relations to go well and to really get a foothold in the UN and open up all different lanes of travel, communication, sharing of resources, etc., etc. I can understand, given... But, you know, in a perfect world, once again. We'll, we'll see. I understand your hesitance, but I also... Frankly, Yodak, I, I, I wonder what the king hopes to get out of, of being a member of a, of a United Nations if it is still a secret society? I think it's more 
he wants to assuage his fears of people on land and also while also simultaneously giving and keeping a voice for himself and our people. Yarak, as a personal favor to me, I would ask you, you ask the king to seriously consider what sort of olive branch we can offer that could show our commitment to, to a peaceful and lasting connection with Atlantis. Uh, because we can give, but it must be, uh, in, it must be mutual. Oh, yes, I completely understand, Reyna, and I have talked to the king about you on uh, multiple occasions, and I do believe if anybody could get his ear, it would be you. He knows everything that we have been through and that you have fought beside me uh, against people who would seek to do damage to the general area and environment, and, I mean, we live in, in the environment, I make air quotes, so the king is, uh, at least tangentially, very appreciative of what you've done with us, at least what you've done so far. Well, I hope I perhaps can get a few moments with him myself, but uh, allow me to catch up with some others in the meantime. Oh yes, absolutely, go schmooze. It started off as a joke, but genuinely I feel like that conversation with the king is going to go, like, I don't know, maybe you can clean out some of the fucking plastic you keep leaving in the ocean. Yeah. We don't need an olive branch. You guys have left enough shit here. Oh, boy. See, like we got an olive branch. We have a pizza box. We have a couple Tupperware containers. <laughs> what is that, a Gatorade bottle? Yep, that's a Gatorade bottle. What do you do after after Reyna makes her leave? After our... I mean, because I just had to be very prim and proper, even though Reyna is a friend. I kind of let out a good deep breath and kind of relax a little bit, take a step back and get with Yardamo and kind of walk around the perimeter of the event with the king and Yarkalen. I, I think also that Yaradamo, uh, having not seen you in a while, uh, dra- drags you to a secluded area, you know, after making sure the coast is clear. Oh, so we are gonna fuck. All right. <laughs> he just runs his hands through your hair and says, it has been far too long. I learned a new position. It's called the fishbowl. God damn it. The fishbowl. Trying to have a tender moment between these two characters. I'm Ace, what do you want from me? That's why I wasn't making it a sexual moment. <laughs> I'm Arrow too, fucker. God, pick a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, back at the tender moment. Yeah, you know what? I say the tender moment is past, I believe. Alright, well I'll give him a slap on the ass and send him back out there. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna go back to the bar. Uh so you just heard this little exchange. Both of you separately heard your own exchanges, one about trying to gain back territory or whatnot, and the other about, you know, some things that are going to fall off of a, of a truck, you know? So now we're back at the Scallywag, and what are y'all doing in response to the, the respective things you've observed? I, I kind of make my way back to Laserhawk to tell him what I've heard, even though I, Rachel knows Laserhawk basically heard what I heard, but more. So. Oh, well. I mean, you heard that they're trying to get new allies. I didn't hear that. I heard that they don't think the other games are taking them seriously enough. Maybe it's because they look like Pokemon villains. <laughs> it is most likely because they look like Pokemon villains. I make my way back to Laserhawk, and I tell him that I heard they don't think the other games are taking them seriously enough, but I think they're having new blood come in, but I don't know who that is. I definitely heard these guys talking about gun running and some shit falling off the back of a truck. Gross. 
so I feel like it might behoove us to keep an eye on these particular dickheads. Uh, probably. Well, I guess that means it's roof time. We we have no idea when things are falling off trucks, right? You don't, no. Okay. Sure, let's go hang out on a roof like a couple of assholes. <sighs> God, I hate how accurate that statement is. <laughs> Bartender, <laughs> let me get that extra double and I'll cash out. Alright, and he writes up a little thing, he's like, here here you go. I finish off the beer and give him back the stein, because I didn't make that. Alright, I don't think I had a tab for you. You uh, you checking out too? I've got her. Alright, uh, how much did you have? She had just the one. I have to pay for the beer I made? Rude. Because you made it at a bar. <laughs> Motherfucker, I'm paying for it. What the hell are you talking about? And he writes up a little receipt, and you uh, leave a tip, I imagine. Yep, whatever the number is, I leave an extra 20. He looks at the 20, and he looks up at you, and he says, Seriously, man, uh, don't uh, don't let anybody know you got more than $20 cash on you. Why do you think I'm being sly about it, boss? Didn't catch your name. Come on back, maybe one of these times you'll get my name. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Have a good night, mystery man who the DM didn't want to name. For all you know, his name is Scally. <laughs> Ruby refuses to ask characters' names. It's smart. People die. Recently saw that guy that Emily stabbed. He's not dead. I believe he had to retire from being a union agent, though. Yeah, I uh, go across the street, make sure that Ruby and I aren't in view, and then uh, kind of piggyback her up. And what are you doing now? Watching. Waiting. And hoping. And praying. This is, uh, what watch duties like, kid? Now, if you don't mind, spark. No reason we have to be uncomfortable and I make a couch. Fucking right. Are you doing, what are you waiting for? I'm waiting for these dickheads to leave the bar so we can proceed to follow them. Ruby has, like, literally today discovered she can make organic things, like an hour ago. Ruby's gonna make some food, and see if she can make food. Okay, uh, let's roll a creation check. What kind of food are you trying to make? Pizza. Alright, you're making pizza, and what'd you roll? I rolled an 18, and I have 7 ranks. 25. It's not the best pizza you've ever had, but it's edible. You know, nothing tastes- doesn't taste like cardboard or anything. Brock grabs a slice, takes a giant bite. At least it's better than Chicago deep dish. That's just lasagna. And then Ruby looks down at the pizza and goes, turns out I would download a pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Christ. All right, we can end the episode there. Hey out there. Today's mid-roll is mostly to help keep things straight. Listening back during editing, I felt like the timeline for this episode is not exactly clear. Basically, while the opening scene and the post credit scene take place in early October 2021... The events at the Scallywag and in Paris take place in early September. Last couple bits of note, our three-year anniversary will be coming up in a week. To celebrate, we are going to do a YouTube live stream for some commentary of our first episode, Opportunity Costs. I'll be there along with Sama who played Hyperact, and Brandon who plays Laserhawk. The commentary will be in the text chat, followed by a little post-episode discussion. Can't wait to see you there. Lastly, be sure to check out our friends at Variant Ventures, who have some awesome resources for increasing inclusion in gaming spaces. You can find a link to their website at masksandmayhem.com support. But for now, 
let's get back to the game. All right, and on that note, while you're doing that, we're going to jump on over to uh, Yardak and the Royal Party. Where is this party taking place, by the way? Wait, where does the UN meet? The UN meets in New York, technically. But this is a party, not like an official meeting. That's true. Yeah, I'd say it's that opening in France where we like created that new UN contact a while ago with Reina. Celebration, like, you're welcome, like, here, you're part of us, and then, like, also, like, this is a, haha, test the waters with the Atlanteans. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm, so I'm on, like, eating shitty pizza that I make on a rooftop in Jordan, Paris? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're gonna be in France, and no one you, kn- you, no one you talk to is gonna speak with a French accent, it's gonna be really weird. Oui, oui. Oh, oui, oui. Okay, so it's Beauty and the Beast. And yeah, yeah, you know what? A waiter interrupts you and Yardamo, not realizing what he walked in on, and they go, Careful, eh, croissant? <laughs> also, wait a second. All right, it's definitely not the same day, because if it's late at night for Riverside, it's like fucking four in the morning. This party's been going, bud. It's a good party. Okay, apparently this party's been going, yeah. You know, this wait- that's why this waiter doesn't give a fuck. He's like, I want to go home. Please have this end soon. Would you like a croissant? <laughs> Would you like not to fuck in my bushes so I may go home? <laughs> Yardamo realizes, oh, I should probably get back um, to the king. Ah, oh, yes, I mean, as much as I'd love to keep doing that, we do have our own duties to attend to while we're here. Dan's just got done being the Eiffel Plower. Take that in your blowhole, Yardamo. All right, Yardamo leaves. <laughs> he goes back to fucking Atlantis, he's done. And you see the the king is speaking... You know, with some some folks in business suits. No one you recognize, though. I'll mosey on up, see see what's going on, see if he needs any help. I mean, you know, he's not really fond of landlubbers, so... He's not a pirate. (laughs) So yeah, as you walk up, the king is speaking with people, regaling them on a a tale of years past, uh, when he was a young man. Uh, And as usual, they're listening to the older person politely. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and that is how I put down the rebellion that time. That, I would say, which one? Well, he said it was when he was a young man, so. Great conversation to have with people you're trying to build a diplomatic relationship with. So anyways, here's how I squashed the rebellion. Hey, don't be dicks. Yeah, roll an insight check, Yardak. 10-21. Alright, you can tell, uh, based on that last story, that some of the folks did get a little bit squeamish. You can kind of also tell that no one, like, prompted him for this story. Those are the best. And when he sees you, he goes, Ah, yes, Yardak, my young friend here, is, has been a, a faithful ward of the palace uh, for, for decades now. Come, my friend. About centuries. I'm over 200. And he, and he kind of puts the spotlight on you. Tell them of the wonders of our, of our great people. I really, I couldn't, I mean, other than, you know, losing my father, I couldn't have asked for a better childhood, and joining in the uh, Atlantean army was quite the experience. I got to learn how to fend for myself while also fighting for a place that I believe in, and now getting to help the king, and by extension, my best friend. It's uh, been more than I could ask for as somebody who was just the the son of... uh, uh, somebody in the Atlantean army himself who, I mean, by all accounts would be nothing notable next to the king. So now to be his, be in his direct employ is quite an honor. 
here, here. And you see, uh, Yarkalen is... Is he drunk? Is a little drunk. Yarkalen, the prince of Atlantis, is a little drunk. Uh, and you can see him. He's got his arms around two people right now. Fucking get it. A wonderful congratulations to my good friend. Yes, yes, Yardak. Uh, you know, continue to regale them with your tales. Oh, I'm so happy I introduced him to whiskey. You don't even need an insight check for this. You can tell the king is very disapproving right now of his son. So, in that case, since I did not even need an insight check for it, I want to... There is a waiter walking by, and I grab a glass of water off the tray to take a quick swig myself, very uh, subtly give him a little bit of a, a break in his inebriation and try to get him to come back to his mind more so. Roll a healing check. 17, 10, 27. His cheeks go a little less red. He stands up a little straighter. He realizes what you've done and he goes, Ah, oh, well played, <laughs> my old friend. Trying to sneaking up on me, helping me. Uh, you know, trying to just keep the wheels greased while we're here. And then like, I kind of nudge and like gesture over to his father where he can see where he's looking disapprovingly. Be like, uh, you know, gotta keep the face here. Oh, of course. You're, you're, you do such a wonderful job of it. And, and he kind of puts his, ha- his arms around the other two people that he was just with, and he says, Perhaps I can tell you some tales of Atlantis uh, in, in a more private space. Get it! Jesus. All right. And they sort of uh, saunter off with Yarkalen, and Yarkaven, the king, still just shakes his head disapprovingly as his son leaves and goes to continue his, uh, his tales of his youth. What do you do? No, I feel like he's going to kind of have to get himself out of this mood. I don't know uh, what I could do. I mean, I wasn't even meaning necessarily with the king or the prince. I just meant. Yeah, I want to do a quick perception check to see if there's anybody that I might even like vaguely know or I've heard of that I'd be like, ah, I know that guy. Okay, roll it. 24. So you don't, you see like some ambassadors you've met before, no one you're particularly close with. You do, however, scoping the party, see Wilhelm Jensen. Oh, my dude. I want to go over and say hi. Uh, And he goes to give you a firm handshake. And then I take that handshake and I bring him in for one of those straight bro, one-armed, slapping, back hug things. Hello there, Yodak. Long time. It definitely has been. I just talked to Reyna. It's good to see you. What have you guys been up to? Oh, you know her. She's always just making her way around the world, nonstop, it seems. I know that she has a, has a planned stop in Riverside for, he kind of looks around, a cameo appearance. Uh, yeah, have you, uh, you heard the good word. Uh, our friend Ruby, she is working now on a TV show. Well, yeah, of course I've heard. That's how, uh, say, Reyna put in uh, quite a letter of recommendation on her behalf. Yes, actually, Ruby was so thrilled when she saw it, uh, I totally forgot to thank her on Ruby's behalf when I got here. Oh, no, she she understands that. No no need to take the time, but I'm excited to be back in Riverside, hopefully a little less adventurous circumstances. I mean, it seems to be everybody's first trip to Riverside, there's an attempt on their life, so hopefully the next time's a little more boring. Can't vouch. I do need to check in with the security, but it has been wonderful seeing you. Is your f- friend all right, by the way? Uh, yeah, he, uh, is not used to the land liquor, so he had himself one too many beverages. 
So, uh, yes, yes, uh, I don't want to stop you from your duties. You go uh, talk to security, and uh, just as an aside, myself and Yardamo are also here, uh, yes, to help the king, but also as a bit of security ourselves. So if you do see anything, uh, let us know. Uh, and he leaves to consult with some security, and we're going to pop back over to the rooftop, uh, where it's been a couple hours now, and, and uh, Laserhawk, your back's feeling pretty good. So the thing about the Great Gatsby... Uh, and you get a phone call. Ella? Brock, I'm really sorry. I know it, I know it's super late. Or, uh, am I waking you? It's Beverly. No. What's up? You sound concerned about something. Yeah, yeah, it's just Carl. He's, uh, he's just been giving me a lot of lip today. You know, I'm not saying you gotta do it now, but I just thought, you know, I figure it's a little easier to tell him I'll have your father here soon, uh, now that we're actually in town, in the same town. Yeah, well, I can't imagine if the move's been easy on him. He's probably just acting out because of that. Yeah, well, I keep trying to tell him to go to bed and he's just up playing video games. More things change, the more they stay the same, huh? Yeah, tell me about it. Anyway, I, uh, sorry to call you so late, I just, uh... No, no, you're fine. No, I'll sit down and have a chat with him as soon as I'm able to, Bev, I promise. Everything else been good with you? Yeah, yeah, job's been going great. I, uh, really... Has it? Yeah, of course. That one bitch isn't giving you problems anymore? No, 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 I put her in her place. Atta girl. <laughs> That's the biff I meant. Alright, uh, Brock, I'll, uh, I'll let you go, uh... Hey, you need anything, don't feel like you're bothering me by calling me, okay? My phone is available 24-7 to you. Okay, Brock, uh, thanks, yeah. Try and have a good night. You too, take care. Hangs up, phone. Oh, God, my kid's gonna be a little shit, isn't he? Uh, I just... You think it's my fault, Ruby? I kind of really shit the bed here, I have to be honest. I'm sure I'll be alright. Everyone kind of sucks when they're that age. It's the part where you were supposed to say I did it, but I understand. I don't think he really did, but even if he did, now's your chance to make it right. You can't go back and change the past, you can just deal with the future as it comes up. I need that kid to grow up to be better than me, you know? Hmm. It's the dream. I don't know, I'm probably just overthinking it. Here's the fatherhood, yeah? I eventually want to do the thing. Well, not fatherhood, I guess. I guess it would be motherhood, but... What it's worth, I think you'd make a great mom. Thanks, I appreciate that. I mean, if nothing else, you can't shit the bed harder than me, right? Worst comes to worst, I can really spoil my kid. I can make them pizza whenever they want, apparently. The more complicated the food, the harder it becomes, though. It's okay. Can't be worse than level skeezers. <laughs> so, it is at that moment during this conversation, you see our couple of uh, Blue Cross friends stumble out of the scallywag, and they're, they've definitely put back a few already. The three of them from earlier, the ones that Ruby listened in on, go in one direction, the other two go in another, and they eventually split off. So now you've got one going one way, one going another way, and three together are going another way. Do we follow the group or try to split up? Well, if we're traveling by rooftop, we should probably stick together. That's true. Let's do it. Up, up, and away. Up on my back, the roofs are close enough where I shouldn't need the laser. 
Okay, so yeah, you're following these three guys. They're pretty drunk. They start kind of harassing people as they're walking by, trying to scare some guys, you know, definitely making women uncomfortable. One of the times I see them making women uncomfortable, I, like, make a sound. It sounds like a trash can or something like that, like, falling over. I'm hoping to distract them and let the woman get away. Like, when they hear the trash can fall over, they all kind of, like, slowly turn around and... and you know, the woman also kind of looks over towards where the sound was and realizes she has an out and, and just takes off. All right, now do that again. But make him go in an alley. I've got a series of very basic questions I need to ask. Can there be, like, an alley that we're right over? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Essentially, this is a set of different row houses, and there's some alleys. Some of them have, like, you know, you can see, like, that's where the, like, the trash cans are and stuff to get back. I make, okay, so I make an even bigger sound like, even bigger, like, kerfuffle and make it right under us. And roll stealth, both of you. And then I want to say, for flavor, uh, like, as I'm doing that, I put my mask on, because I think we're about to be superheroing. Okay. Good thing I just put a bunch of stuff in this. 33. Not as stealthy as you. That's why I'm teaching you, bud. 18. You get out of the way just in time as one of them sort of looks up. Like, one of them looks up, the other two are kind of checking out the sound, they slowly make their way into the alley, and one goes, come on, come on, dude, let's just, go, let's go home. I make a wall so they can't leave the alley. What the fuck? So they're kind of looking around the alley, they're looking up the fire escape towards y'all, not seeing you, they slowly start backing away from the wall that Visual just made. Alright, kid, you're gonna need to go down the fire escape, I need to make an entrance. Sounds good. So I would like to drop off the roof, completely fucking clobber a guy on the way down, and then roll an intimidate check to say some intimidating shit. Okay, so you're gonna want to roll acrobatics. Alright. To like, you know, land in a way that doesn't break your own shins. That's gonna be a 21. I rolled a 3. Okay, I mean, you were still successful, honestly. I just wanted to point out how stupid high my acrobatics is. So now, I'm not going to make you roll to hit, but you are going to have to roll a toughness check on yourself. Can do... And this guy... It's going to be a 28, buddy. Yeah, you're fine. He's not. <laughs> Good. Yeah, this guy goes down in a heap. He's unconscious. Doesn't look, you know, particularly bloody or anything. Like, you definitely didn't, like... You're not going to get racked up on another murder charge. Good. That's preferable. And now roll the intimidation check. 24. Uh, what are you trying to do? What are you doing to intimidate them? What are you trying to accomplish? Run, and I break your legs. Scream, and I break your throats. Well, they are absolutely frozen in place. Now, I'm going to ask you a series of very basic questions. And you are going to give me a series of very basic answers, which we have an understanding. If I talk lightly, does anything get broken? And the other one looks at him and goes, don't, don't say anything, don't say anything. You answer me when I speak. Do we have an understanding? And he looks a little generally confused because remember, he's a little drunk. And he just decide he just lightly nods. I think by this point, Ruby, how are you coming down? Uh, you're coming down the fire escape, or what are you doing? 
This is something Rachel could never do in real life, but has seen done in movies. So Ruby does that thing where when she's coming down the fire escape, she like jumps off and like grabs the like ladder and rides it down. Brock makes a mental note to point out how cool that is later. And so what are y'all doing now with your two new friends? I would answer his questions. You have new associates. Ooh. And the one the one is just like definitely trying to give the like, don't say anything, don't say anything. Yeah, it was like I, I, I don't know, I don't know their names. I just, you know, they're they're trying to, trying to give us some some assistance, you know. Can I roll a second intimidate check? Sure. So what are you, wait, what are you trying to accomplish with this one? Because you, you know, roll brief. The one is clearly going. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. I'm going to convince him that speaking is easier than silence. Okay. A fucking thirty-three. Okay, what are you doing? I look at the guy who's saying don't say anything, don't say anything while he's saying something. You lie to me. You withhold information from me. You're gonna wish that all I broke was your leg in your fucking throat. Understood? He nods too. New associates. Who? I'm glaring at the guy saying don't say anything while I say that. He wasn't kidding. We don't know any. Oh God, we don't know anything. All right. The truck. Where? It's gonna be on the outskirts of town, somewhere in the Centennial. Uh. When? I think it's. I think it's like in, in like two weeks. Good. So here's what's gonna happen from this point on. You're not going to mention that we had this little talk, or I'm going to find you. And I'm going to make you think that prison is the greatest place you could be. Because at least then, you're away from me. Do we have an understanding, you little shitheels? Yeah, what, what, what about him? Who's him? The guy you knocked out. He got drunk and fell, remember? Hit his head real hard. And they just sort of wordlessly nod. I hope he's okay. Hell of a tumble. Turns to Rumi. You got anything else to ask? Nah, I think I'm good. I guess we should let them go. So who didn't you talk to tonight? Nobody. Exactly. And I go, I'm glad we came to this understanding. And as I say that, I, the wall fades away. Hope you all enjoy your night. Hope I didn't kill your buzz. And as you pulse our pogo away, you go, holy fuck, man. <laughs> Jump back over to Yardak. However, this is no longer at the party. Uh, Yardak, this is about a week after the events of the party. Oh, okay. And you are back in Atlantis. Mm. You have basically not been back to Riverside in this past week between the party and now. You went pretty much straight, straight to Atlantis. To continue your training with your old friend, Ula Bryn. Oh, my girl. Let's go. And she has taken you into her, like, inner sanctum area of, of her residence. And is just showing you many different texts of ancient Atlantean religion and information and art. Runes. All sorts of things. What more can I teach you, old friend? I'm sure there's... Plenty more that you know that I do not, but uh, I feel like you've taught me a great deal in a very short amount of time, actually. I'm uh, quite impressed with 
how quickly I'm learning it and how well you're teaching it to me. Yes, old friend, you have definitely, you, you've expanded your mind so much. Perhaps a sparring is in order? Yeah, let's go. I feel like you might mop the floor with me, but uh, I'm sure it'll be fun. Oh, don't worry. I'll keep one hand behind my back. <laughs> if only I could be so lucky. Uh, and she actually does do a stance where she, like, puts one hand towards you and the other behind her back. Oh, this little bitch. Okay. <laughs> All right, what are you going to start by trying to do? Okay, so the very first thing I want to do is my favorite new thing that I have. This is one of the runes. I use my spear to carve this rune into the ground and then tap my spear into the middle of it to activate it. And then up pops a little shardling. He's my little friend. who shall do my bidding. And what are you trying to get this shardling to do? Weirdly enough, when you mentioned, like, me and Ulibrin having, like, some kind of, like, battle, I was kind of picturing Pokemon, so I was like, let me summon my man! Fucking Yardak became a summoner? You specifically described to me that the Shardling, you, when, we, when we were designing them, you described the Shardlings as more, like, helpers and not fighters. Yeah, I, I realize this now that I've done it. But imagine, basically imagine them looking like a, a very sharp Porygon. A jaggedy-looking Goron from Zelda, but, like, small. This little biped little guy made out of uh, made out of ice. We said that my runes were uh, free action. Uh, they are move action. Move action. That's it. Okay. Um. So that was my move action. So then, as he pops up and he's like, ah, uh, so I get some water glowing around my hands, and then I want to say to Ulibrin, "One hand behind your back." You say, "Let's keep it there," and then I want to try to freeze her hand that she has behind her back actually to her back. All right, so it's an affliction. So what is the DC on that? Um, 24. All right. So, and what are the uh, conditions that it results in? It is, the first one is hindered and vulnerable slash prone. Because normally this is like to the feet, but I'm not trying to get her feet. I was just trying to be a smart ass and get her hands. Yeah. All right. So you're successful. She now has one hand. Firmly iced and cased behind her back. I want to uh, say to my little dude, what should we call him? George. He'll be George. I want to say to George, uh, run over there behind her and give her a kick in the leg. Because I mean, it's not going to like do a knot, but it's like, I'm just fucking with Ulibrin. He runs on over and gives her a little kick. And he doesn't really have a mouth, but you can see him kind of like, almost looks like he's chuckling. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Ula Bryn responds to this by jumping up, landing on her back on George. Oh no, Georgie! To crush him, break the ice that was encasing her, and then she immediately spins that arm around, turns that ice back into water, and basically just brings it around like a wrecking ball at you. Fucking hell, Ula Bryn. Uh, what is your dodge plus ten? Twenty. I was really hoping that she was gonna punt George, but that's kinda cooler. No, she just crushed him out of existence and then used his body to form a weapon. Yeah, like, the Shardlings aren't made for battle. They're more like, I can use them to, like, go places, because I can see through their eyes and hear what they're hearing. Like, have them turn into water, or, like, go under doors and basically be little spies. Run up to the liquor store. I mean, that too. George is unfortunately gone for now, and so she hit, and you're going to need to roll a toughness check. Oh, man. Ooh, 20. All right, so you're going to take a negative one. And Ulibrin then says, Is this sufficient for today? 
good use of of the rune. But this is another rune that I want to carve into the ground. And this is an ice prison. So while Ulibrin is taunting me, I want to have my spear hanging down to my side, just like kind of nonchalantly, so not to draw attention to myself and surreptitiously draw my ice prison trap on the ground in front of me. And then as soon as she's done saying it, I want to blast her right in the chest with a blast of water and then kind of do the whole, like a come and get it kind of gesture. All right, roll your attack then. Eight, 14, eight is 22. All right, you hit. What's the DC on that? Uh, 24. Uh, so actually when you blast her, uh, it sends her like to her knees. Like she was already kind of thrown off originally by the, by the being encased in ice. And then she immediately like jumps to her feet and starts running towards you and steps on the trap. Hell yeah. What is the DC then for the affliction? It'd be whatever 10 plus the affliction rank. 18 to avoid it, and then 16 to break it once you're in it. Oh, no. Yeah, she is super caught in it. (laughs) Uh, So basically, she steps on this rune, and it glows like an eerie blue, and suddenly ice pops up from it and forms a cage, essentially, like a domed cage around her, uh, trapping her in it. Well played, my young friend. So then I want to use my spear and... Double tap the rune to make it go away, and then offer her a hand to get her out of it. And then say, okay, I think we both had our fun today. Yes, yes. You picked up on these abilities pretty quickly. For the audience, there is still one more you have yet to see. Another week has now passed, and it is the night of the truck incident, and two weeks before Ruby's meeting with Dr. Bellum. Can we say that I had that chat with my son? Do you want to play that one out? I mean, if you're up for it. All right, Brock, it's earlier in the day, and uh, you are at Beverly and Carl's place. And you just had a nice chat with with Beverly, and and she wants you to give Carl a stern lecture. Yeah, come in. Hey, kid. Mind if I sit down and bullshit with you for a minute? Yeah, Dad, sure. Carl's wearing, like, a, a pretty baggy... Uh, hoodie right now. Yeah, where'd you get that, kid? Guy at school gave it to me. Huh, yeah? Yeah. Making friends here? Yeah. Alright, well, I suppose there's no point beating around the bush here. Heard that you've been, uh, giving your ma some sus. What does she care? You know, it's not like she's even really around. Got this fancy new job. Cause she's working all the time to make sure that you've got a roof over your head, kid. Yeah, I guess. <sighs> Look, bud, I know that this move hasn't been easy on you, but not really been easy on her either, you know? Like, you're not the only one who had their entire life uprooted, essentially. Yeah, I guess. I get it. It's a shitty frustrating situation, but just try to take it easy on, on her. She loves you more than you can ever possibly know, and I can promise you that all of this is because she wants the best for you, kid. You know? I know, Dad. I know, I know. Getting lectures from your old man sucks, but it's gotta happen. <sighs> sure. Anything been on your mind, kid? No. 
Also, roll a perception and an insight check. Perception's a 25. It's gonna be a 28. I rolled a nat 20 on that. I know my child, even if I'm not there. Yeah, uh, I guess it's two-part. One, his body language is just very evasive. Uh, He's kind of turning away from you. Uh, He's kind of, like, sinking a little bit into the hoodie. And also, when you look around the room, you just, like, notice something's not quite right. I think the two most notable things you can see is how the chair that he's on is a little bent. Like, something really heavy hit it. And then you also just notice, like, there's definitely a few video games that he didn't seem to have the last time you saw him. Yeah, what the fuck happened to that chair? What? Nothing. Don't worry about it. Can I roll a persuasion check to persuade my kid to talk to me? Ooh, trying to get a teenager to talk to you. That's going to be a high DC, but you can go for it. I'm well aware. Yo, if there's ever a fucking time to roll a nat 20, I love you, Big Green. That damn Big Green dice. God, I'm starting to worry where this is going. (laughs) You're worrying. It's my kid. 23 altogether, bud. Okay, what are you asking? What are you doing? (sighs) <sighs> Look, bud, we can do this evasive teenager song and dance thing all day. I get it. You don't want to talk to me, but... The more open and honest we are, the quicker I'm out of your room and you're back to playing video games. You feel me, kiddo? Yeah. I... scare the other kids. What do you mean? I... What, are you like a goth now or something? (laughs) What are you, a goth now? (laughs) I say with a grin, so he knows I'm joking a little bit. They tried to mess with me, and then, uh, like, some stuff happened, and now they don't mess with me anymore. And they, you know, a few of them I've started convincing to, like, give me their shit. I mean, stuff. (laughs) It's alright, I literally walked in the room and said I wanted to bullshit with you, just don't let your mom know that you speak like that with me, okay? Okay. I'm gonna circle back to that last thing in a minute, but what do you mean by you did some stuff? It's okay, son, you can talk to me. Two of them tried to, like, one of them tried to hold me down, the other one tried to, like, hit me, and... I just, it was like autopilot, I, I grabbed the one wrist, and I broke it. And I headbutted the other one who was holding me from behind. And I just did it like so. It was just like such a blur. And, you know, I, there was just, I don't know. Like, it was almost like it was a, a flash. Okay. They seemed disoriented and stuff. And then I ran away. Okay. Well, they attacked you first. I'm not upset about that. But what do you mean by you're taking stuff from other kids? Like, you're not becoming a bully, are you, Carl? Just the kids who were messing with me. You know, like, now now if I walk by, like, you know, I don't even really have to ask them for stuff. They just, like, give it to me. Carl, that kills people. It very well could. Jesus Christ. Also, holy shit. I can't say I'm a huge fan of that, but if you're not bullying them, if you're not intentionally intimidating them, I guess I can't tell you to not 
accept it. I don't know. God, I'm bad at this. I mean, I've been feeling kind of weird about it, but it's just, you know, I feel like they're listening to me now. And they're, they're not, you know, messing with me. I mean, I can give back the hoodie and stuff if, if that's what you think I should do. I mean, if you took any of it against their will, then yes, I definitely think that you should give it back, but... Ah. When you said that you went into... How did you describe it? Like a weird little trance? Well, like It was just like a flash, like a quick blur, and then all of a sudden it was over. Can't remember anything else like that? Does this happen any other time? No, not that I can remember. Just, like, that was the first time I'd ever really been attacked. And I just, like, it was almost like instinct. And But I can give the stuff back. And he, and he goes to unzip the hoodie, and for the first time you've really seen your son in a while, you notice that, like, definitely he has, like, a more defined muscle. You kid chop off your old block. Kind of pokes at his chest a little bit. You're growing on me. I didn't... Yeah, I guess. Sure. Remember what I told you when you were eight? You get bigger than me, I'm throwing you in the dryer. The dryer? To shrink him. Exactly. Oh. He looks a little uncomfortable about the fact that you're pointing out his form. I'll quit teasing you about it, kid. Thanks. Thanks for letting me talk to you, Dad. be honest with you, I've got a lot to make up to you. I think the least I can do is listen to my son, you know? Dad, I guess, can I ask you one more question? Yeah. Like, did you, was growing up weird for you? Like, did you really think you were really, really different from other kids? Inside Brock's mind right now. Oh god, oh fuck, oh please no, please no. (laughs) (sighs) Well, yeah, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I felt weird a little late in the process, if that makes sense, but yeah, I definitely felt weird growing up, but how how do you mean? It's nothing. I just... Thanks thanks again for letting me talk to you. It's been a long time, I feel like, since we really got to spend so much time together. I'm really glad to be in Riverside, honestly. Yeah, well, there's no greater joy that I have known in this life than being your father, Carl, and Honestly, that's all I want. I just... I want to have a good relationship with you, you know? Didn't really have that with my old man. You're my son, and I love you. Dearly. With every atom within my being. And I hope you know that, son. I know, Dad. And and he slyly checks his phone. I do... I'm supposed to play Minecraft with Mosey in a few minutes, though? And that's perfectly fine. Delamai said, hey, make sure he's staying out of trouble. Will do, Dad. Chapter 50 The Ghost of You Masks and Mayhem uses the game Mutants and Masterminds 3rd Edition by Green Ronin Publishing. We are not affiliated. The show is written, produced, and forced to attend a fancy party by myself, R.C. Weiler. You can follow the show for free forever on all major podcast platforms. If you like what we do, please tell a friend. It's the best way to help us reach more people. Our official art is by Jen Evans, and our branding is by AJ Solomon. Our theme music is by Pope Brandon Brownson. Additional music credits, social media links, blog posts, and episodes can be found on our website at masksandmayhem.com.
visual aid. It is a, a few days after Ruby meeting with Dr. Bellum. Visual aid, you are walking down row after row, a very intimidating looking individuals eyeing you up. You're being led. You reach a room that you are led into. It's just a, a room with a two-way mirror. There's a basic table and two chairs in it with a single light shining from above. And you sit down. The person who's escorting you says, uh, do you need anything? Like, uh, do you want a soda or some water or something? Nothing. So I can take care of it myself. I make myself a glass of water. Moments after you make the water and you take a nice, cool, refreshing sip, the door opens again and the person escorting you comes back in with another individual. This person is in an orange jumpsuit, shackled at the hands and feet, and they're slowly being unlocked. You haven't seen them in some time. Their face is terribly disheveled. Their hair is long and matted. You are at Striker Prison, and the, the person looks at you and goes, Oh, hey, Ruby. Hello, Dr. Matthews. 